welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. I am your host, Danielle Lemus, and I am honored and blessed and glad to be here. Thank you for joining. Um, Thank you for listening to my podcast. I pray that you are blessed and you have been blessed by the previous episodes. And so with that, I'm just going to dive right into what I would like to share today. I've read this story um, about a week ago and I'm just doing, you know, doing my daily devotion, my daily uh, time of, of reading the word of God. And it stuck out, you know, it's not an unfamiliar story, but um, for some reason it stood out to me. And then a couple of days later, I heard um, a gentleman preach on that particular story, which I'm like, wow, I just read that. And then um, a couple of days after that, I heard another preacher make reference to this story. And then I picked up a book and they also make reference to this story. Have, have you ever experienced that? When you read a scripture and it seems like everywhere you go, that scripture is coming back up, is being brought back um, to the forefront of your attention. And so that's what happened with this particular story and with the particular scripture that I'm going to share with you in a moment or two. Um, so I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, what is this? What What is this? Um, what is it you're trying to say? What is it that you are revealing to me? I don't know about you, but when I, I read scripture, I want to have an understanding of the scripture. And, you know, it doesn't always happen. I don't always fully understand. So some things I just kind of like put, put aside for a moment until... Um, God gave me revelation of it, but I began to to pray into it. I said, "Okay, Lord, why does the scripture just keep coming up?" And so, you know, the thought came to share it, and um, an episode. So here I am. So the story that I'm talking about, and I'm sure many of you may be familiar with this story. Um, it's in Numbers, and it's the story of the twelve spies that go out to spy the promised land. Um, Moses sends sends out 12 men, leader from each tribe, and to go and to spy out the land. And so they're there spying out the land, and, and they were gone for 40 days. So when they come back, Moses is expecting a report from them of what they saw um, to describe to them, you know, who's there, the people, the cities, are they strong? Are they weak? All of those things that Moses gave them instruction to find out. Um, and so they came back with a report. And if you're familiar with the story, you know what the report was. It was a bad report. And they said to, to Moses, um, that they went to the land, where he sent them. And yes, it was truly flowing with milk and honey. And they brought back fruit that, you know, a cluster of grapes that it took two people to carry. So they brought that back to Moses. But then they said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land, and they begin to tell them of all of the people who dwell in that land. And so they're saying, "We can't take this land. We we just can't. We we should just leave it alone. The you know the city's strong, the people are strong, and if we try to take the land, you know we're going to be demolished. 
we just can't do it. That's their report. But that was only 10 people saying that report. Because again, if you're familiar with this story, Caleb comes and he quiets the people down and he says, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome. So Caleb and Joshua, they were the only two that was like, we can do this. We can take the land and move forward. We'll be successful. But yet, if you continue to read the story, and I'm coming from Numbers 13, they go to verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him says, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And then they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land. And so they told Moses and they start telling the children, you know, they start spreading this fear to the body, to the to the people of Israel that, hey, we can't take this land. You know, this, these people are stronger than we are. And then the land through which we have gone as spies is a land in, that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw it are men of great statue. And so they're saying, we can't do this. I mean, the people are strong. They are um, bigger than we are. We just can't do it. So they spread fear, they spread um, doubt, and just the, the fact that, you know, we can't do it. They didn't even try. This is like, you know what, I can't, we can't, you know, just don't even go, don't bother. But the thing that stood out with me about this story, and, you know, there are a couple of things that stands out, and, you know, we can talk about a lot of things in this story, but I'm only going to hit upon one point, the very last verse of Numbers 13, verse 33. It reads, there we saw the giants. The giants are the descendants of an Anak, okay? And we are like grasshoppers in their own sight. So we were in their sight. Let me read that again in another translation. In the New Living Translation, it says, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. So at one point, somewhere between the 40 days, the 10, 10 of the spies out of the 12 became a mind reader because now they're able to tell you what others are thinking. Does that make sense? We <laughs> saw giants there and next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. How did they know what the giants thought? How did they know that what they were thinking? I mean, seriously, can we read minds now? I don't think so. And if you're looking in the NIV translation, it says, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. So that scripture stood up because you know what? In their own eyes, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. So they automatically assume that everyone else see or saw them as grasshoppers as, as well. And so that's when I started really pondering the scripture and just start really wondering, you know what? We do that. We do that today. If we see ourselves as small, 
we automatically assume that whomever we are around or whoever we have to be engaged with, we automatically assume that they see us small as well. If we see ourselves as weak, we automatically think that everyone else see us as weak. It's like if we see the flaws in ourselves or the things that we think are flaws, we automatically think that's what everyone else sees. And you know what? That is furthest, furthest from the truth. That's how you see yourself, but that's not how they see you. And you know, for the for you to even see yourself like that needs to be dealt with, and 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 you you need to deal with that. You need you not see yourself contrary to what the word of God says. God did not say that these men were grasshoppers. In God's sight, they were not grasshoppers, these were his people. He didn't view them as grasshoppers, but in their own sight, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and automatically assume, yep, that's how they see me. So th- you know what? So how, how many times have you done that? How many times have you, you know what? I can't do this. I know I'm going to fail. And they know that I'm going to fail. Pretty interesting, isn't it? We need to be very mindful of how we see ourselves. First of all, we should not think smallly of ourselves. We should not think that we're grasshoppers. We should not, you know, be thinking that we have all these massive flaws in us. And, you know, that's the first thing someone sees. You know, like someone who has, you know, a, a size ears that they think is large. You know what? Every time they leave their house, they automatically assume somebody's going to say something about their ears or someone's conscientious about their head shape, then they don't want no one sitting behind them because they think someone is going to look at their head and say, oh my goodness, so-and-so has such a big head. Really, we need to get a grip on that and stop thinking poorly of ourselves. That is a tactic of the enemy. That's what the enemy wants. He wants us to belittle ourselves. He wants us to think less of ourselves. He wants us to think that we can't do what God has called us to do. He wants us to think that we can't be who God has created us to be. All of that is lies of the enemy. And today we need to dispel those lies and just bring them under captivity to the word of God and say, no, I am not a grasshopper. And be like Caleb, I am well able to do what the Lord has called me to do. I am well able to get that job. I am well able to get that promotion. I am well able to start that business. I am well able and you fill in the blank. So today I encourage you, if you have been viewing yourself as small or if you've been thinking poorly of yourself, now granted there should be some balance, you know, the scripture also tells us that we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to, but we should not be putting ourselves down and and kicking ourselves or just beating ourselves up. No, that is not God's will for you. And if you look into the mirror and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so ugly. No, because I bet when you say that to yourself, you go out of your house and you automatically assume that everyone else thinks that you're ugly. That needs to stop today. Stop calling yourself a grasshopper because you are not a grasshopper. So I'll leave you with that again Thank you for joining and I hope you were blessed and I look forward to sharing more 
of what the Lord gives in the next episode of Coffee with Jesus. I am your host, Danielle Lemus, and I will talk with you soon.